You're listening to the Cinema Snarks Podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Ren. And today we are going to tell you how we really feel about Scream 6 and the Scream franchise. Mm -hmm. So we both went together to go watch Scream 6 in the theaters just this past weekend. It's kind of become a new little... Somewhat of an annual tradition. We saw Scream 5 together last year. Now it's Scream an 6. annual tradition if they make a new one every year. You know, uh, as they have <laughs> the last two possible. years. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure they're pushing forth with the Scream 7 as quickly as they possibly can. After, you know, this last one just broke all the records for the Scream franchise at the box office. And you know what? As a 90s baby... I'm all for it. I adore the Scream franchise. If you are watching and not just listening, you will see that I have like my own mini Ghostface shrine going on right now. Surrounded by Ghostfaces and I'm rocking a Scream shirt. So I don't think I quite realized you were that into (laughs) Scream. Scream franchise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's interesting because this is like our franchise like if you grew up in the 90s basically the the slasher had more or less died off like it was huge in the 80s you know 80s babies obviously had halloween as a holdover from the 70s we had texas chainsaw was big obviously jason came up at the late 70s and then nightmare on elm street happened all in the 80s so during the 80s we had the real big franchises and then they just kind of died (laughs) as those ones got played out a little bit the formula got tired it died and through the early 90s we we went through a little bit of a drought uh we had you know stuff like silence of the lambs maybe Candyman or hellraiser into the true crime horror Yeah, yeah they tried to get a little bit more mystical with it um And then we got Scream, which generally kind of changed the game for slashers in general. Not only did it revive the slasher after it had went away, it really brought this new format for the slasher. It was really meta. It poked fun at what all of those old slashers did, the formula that they all did. Well, still kind of following that formula, but it kind of made what I love most about like satires is when you make fun of something while still making a really good variation of version that. And of that's that. yeah. that's what Scream did is it it was really smart about talking about the slashers while still making a really good slasher film. And Radio then the 2020s <laughs> rolled around and we were like, yeah, we can remake anything. We don't need directors. <laughs> yeah, we basically saw, we were like, whoa, did you see how big that new Halloween was? Uh, they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis again and hey, <laughs> huge numbers. The legacy uh, characters. Yeah, you just got to bring back the legacy characters. So they went and they rounded up good old Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and David Arquette said, come on back, come, come. Uh, We're going to make another Scream movie. (laughs) And successfully relaunched the franchise. And And then they did Candyman too. It's it's part of a little bit of a, a, I I don't want to call it a renaissance because it's a new thing. The requel is a new concept, I think. And I think that's what, I mean, we'll talk about it once we get to that film, but 
it's kind of what made the 2022 film Scream slash Scream 5 work is because they had a yep. whole decade and a completely new uh, slasher trend mm-hmm. to fuel it is this idea of the requel was yeah. now the basis of Scream 5. Scream is also the perfect movie for a requel because it is already inherently this self-referential piece of horror canon almost um it's it's like a horror movie textbook a little bit and uh and yeah basically a requel that that self-referential sort of um being aware of the prequel of the not the requel i guess they're not prequels like they're the originals being aware of the original it makes sense because of the original sort of concept of scream do you have any affinity toward any certain slasher brand? Is there one that like you gravitate towards more than the others? Yeah, I mean, I like Scream. I think Scream I, Scream is the only one that I've seen every single one. To be fair, Scream is also probably one of the smallest number of yeah. movies. There's only six. But there, I think so. Honestly, for me, it's like a little, just a little bit daunting that these horror movies have so many. And I know that you don't have to watch every single one of the like 12 Friday the 13th. Yeah, so Scream is definitely my like my my favorite one. So for the reference, I know Larry knows this. I because I did um, a show over the course of the pandemic. It was called Murder at the Drive-In, um, and it was basically like a send-up, sort of a spoof of the horror film genre. The idea was that people would come to a drive-in so they could stay safe in their cars, and the people that work at the drive-in are doing a bad horror movie night and they accidentally show this cursed film that ends up bringing all of the scary creatures from films of past to life that come and terrorize everyone in their cars. So basically I kind of pulled a scream and took like all of these different tropes and things from all of these different horror movies and put them into this performance and did a lot of ended up doing a lot of research and at the very least I've now seen like the be the first two second or third of all of the like classic franchises right like I've seen like I've definitely seen the first two to three Nightmare on Elm Street the first two to three Halloweens I've actually the first four Halloweens I think what what Halloween does that Scream didn't do is they pretended everything after the first one never existed. So the 2018 was a retcon. It erased all of the other Halloweens except the original and said, we're now the direct sequel to the original. So you don't really need to watch the other ones to jump no, onto the okay. 2018 Yeah, I know you one. told me that. I know. <laughs> I, need to, I need to see it. I'll make um, it known. The problem is now I have this like young baby in the house. So it's not just (laughs) like I could, I used to be able to like, oh, Patrick's working. And so I'll just watch a horror movie. But like, I can't, I mean, she doesn't understand it, but I do think that I'd I'd rather not damage her little impressionable psyche with the sounds of a horror movie. Uh, It's just, (laughs) yeah. Although I'm often reminded of the fact that Larry's, favorite movie as a child was uh poltergeist right you used to yeah. just watch that over and over and yeah. over again and you turned out eh, mostly fine <laughs> mostly okay <laughs> debatable but mostly mostly next up i mean i feel like scream has to go to space because that's the next staple of these <laughs> franchises 
ghost faced in I don't space. think we're gonna do that, Larry. I feel like um, we're gonna get pretty far into a franchise oh. before you <laughs> I mean, I feel like with this requel thing, they've essentially restarted. So they've only really yeah. made two. I feel like you gotta get really, really deep into the number of movies before you jump the shark into space. Right. Like I, I was really trying to like cram as many of the like originals <laughs> in. I had missed them all, Larry. Yeah. It was just like a thing I hadn't like tuned into. But Scream was one, like it was it was impossible to miss, right? Yeah. Like all those other horror movies, they all came out, the originals all came out in like the 70s. So, 70s and, and or 80s. 80s. So I yeah. just like, they were old and I, my parents weren't into horror. So they never rented anything like that. So I saw Scream because uh, I remember my older brother had a Scream poster on his yeah. wall. Which is weird because my brother's not like a horror person, but he, I remember distinctly he had a big scream poster on his wall and um, it was on TV all the time. That's the, that's probably the only reason I've seen the second and third ones before I like rewatched them like a couple years ago because they were just on cable all the time. And you were like, you're an 80s baby, but you grew I'm an 80s, up yeah, in so the, by the 90s. Time, yeah. So by the 90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, you know, I couldn't technically go see them in the movie theater, but like none of my relatives were going to like stop me from watching it on cable. I mean, I was like 14, 13, 14. Yeah. I was like old enough. And, and the screams are actually relatively, like they don't have yeah. boobs. They're just violence, really. There's a little there's bit no of staring and, but there's this, the sex is limited and pretty tame. And it's a lot more focused on like, Stabby, stabby, and the whodunit of it all. Um, I was say, which... even up until this one, more or less, they're not that gory either. No. Um, not compared to like Texas Chainsaw or, yeah. um, you know, some of these others that get really gory. Yeah. Um, this isn't that gory. It yeah. doesn't, it, it, it plays on the tropes of like the ditzy blonde, particularly the first one, uh, mm-hmm. plays on like the, the stupid girl, like type of tropes that horror played in. But again, they don't get naked in the screen movies or any of that. So yeah, they are pretty. Yeah, you don't have to explicitly see them do any of that stuff no. because you already know what all the tropes are. Yes, you it's easy to it. follow. Also, they have this nifty little character who explains everything Always. to you. Yeah, we have the, the little. I imagine person. that there are some snobs out there that hate that as a yeah. concept and as a trope and might like call it lazy uh, screenwriting. But personally, I love having a film nerd inside of my film. That's <laughs> fun. It was a pretty common thing to have a narrator that kind of like guides yeah. you along, especially you know, especially if there's. That's the nice thing with with Scream is. Because the slasher, there was a big gap between the slasher, like, yeah. you know, ep- epic in time. And when Scream came out, you do kind of, as a 90s baby, need a little bit of a primer in the movie yeah. to be like, so this is how it works and this is how it goes. And like, you know, a horror head would have already known that. But, and you know, all us 90s and 80s babies would have been like, mm, I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> just scary, screamy, stabby. But I don't know if you agree with this. I say that Scream, even though it's only six, is probably the only long-running horror franchise that, in my book, doesn't have a bad entry. I think they are all good. They're all solid. They I all mean, are fun. They None of them are, perfect. like, legendarily bad. The, none of them are, like, 
you you were you're not gonna see a mystery science theater three thousand version of any of the screen films. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like they don't dip to the low again. None of them are Jason takes men. No, but like I said, they don't have that many of them. It seems like you've got to get pretty deep into it. I don't before. know. I mean, again, Halloween has Halloween three has its defenders. I hate season of the witch. Um, I, I also hate Halloween one, four, but I love season of the witch because it is terrible it's and one of weird? it's one of those so terrible it's good sort of movies it's like so I, absurd and it's so over the top it's camp it is halloween to me it it actually it makes me a little bit sad that they didn't go with the original uh sort of concept for halloween which was that it was like it's supposed to be a scary story yeah. that took place on halloween every year which was the same concept that friday the 13th was supposed to have was <laughs> scary story that happened on Friday the 13th and then they did you know this is you know we complain all the time right now about this like we're in this era of the remake and the sequel yeah. and the in but they absolutely had this picked oh. in horror for like a decade of they couldn't do anything except the same thing over and over and over oh, and yeah. over again so I would say almost most of the franchises fall off like by two or three like most of the horror yeah. like <laughs> There's a few shiners, like, uh, right? Like, so I think with Halloween, the third one is, like, ridiculous. But then the fourth one, bring it back, yeah. And then soon enough, we have Busta Rhymes. So, you know, it, it gets fun in the oh, 90s. Busta Rhymes. Um, and then... May the, he rest in peace, right? <laughs> Friday the 13th. Uh, Friday the 13th. The first two are solid, because the first one is the mom. And then the second one is when we get Jason coming out. And then the third one is just trash. Like, then it just falls off. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street is literally the first one and then straight off the cliff. Like straight off the cliff. Although I um, live for the second one because it is gay yeah. camp madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um highly recommend if anybody is a horror person, Scream Queen, the documentary. Yes. Really, really interesting to learn all about. It's really interesting to see these directors still still pretending like gaslighting this poor man the, the, trying this to poor gaslight an adult man who's like you knew what you were doing and they're like we had no idea it was just him at a nightclub i'm sorry what that's clearly a gay i club. didn't write he screams like that into the screenplay oh, oh my god there was no they still to this day tried to gaslight this man and into you know what they didn't do it on purpose that's shitty but the bigger shittiness of it is that like that poor guy got shit all over <laughs> because heaven forbid we have a gay icon a final <laughs> in boy in our early. movies yeah like i but then even nightmare three it comes back a little bit again it kind of like halloween it tries to come back a little bit it's okay nightmare three is okay and then it just which is on. which is why decades later they were like requels we're just no we're Requals. not gonna try and fix it we're just nixing it and starting <sighs> over but I think Scream, I enjoy all six of them. Probably, partially, probably because I'm just like a Scream fan. I love this franchise. I think it's great. I love Sydney Prescott. Um, she's my favorite final girl, even though maybe she's not the icon most iconic, because that's I mean, that's always gonna be Lori because she's kinda yeah. she has it. It's Lori Strong. Kind of the original. The OG, yeah. yeah. I, she's not really the OG. There was one or two before her, but she's like the the original icon that yeah. became the final girl, you know. But Sydney was just, I don't know, she just hit different for me. Well, because you get a lot more 
of her in the following movies where she gets to like yeah. develop as a character which you don't get as yeah. much with they they kind of stay final girl status always <laughs> they're still right even if they escape and a lot of times they just they escape and they get killed at the beginning of the next movie <laughs> so <laughs> you know yeah we've had a lot more time with sydney uh, we've had five movies with Sydney at this point um, up until this one. So it's it's always a fun time. But the one movie that doesn't have the horror expert, I'll say, is my least favorite. Because uh, all of the Scream movies have a horror expert at some point in their midst, including the new ones. The only one that doesn't, and this will be my number six, the worst Scream movie is Scream 3. Randy is dead. He gets killed in the second one. And we don't have a stand-in for him. They're on the set of Stab, like the new Stab movie, which is fun. It's like a fun setting to be on a movie yeah. set. It's like meta, right? Yeah, it's super meta. Uh, you know, we have Gail with meta that, that horrible theory. haircut. Yeah. It's iconic now, but those horrible bangs on Gail Weathers um, are so <laughs> messy. So messy. But we have like the actress, Dewey's like kind of pseudo dating this actress um, who plays Gail Weathers in the movie and he's like has a fling with her. <laughs> but first of all, the opening sequence is one of the least iconic and that's one of Scream's big things. Like um, outside of the meta-ness, it's the opening. That's like the next thing Scream as a franchise is really known for is the before we get the title sequence, it's a big kill. Um, which was cemented in the first one, obviously. And this one... The first one that... Uh, that's one of my favorite, like, takeouts of all time. Drew Barrymore. I remember that fucking poster on my brother's wall. Big. Drew Barrymore is huge. She was clearly marketed as the star of this film. And they kill her <laughs> within the first, what, 10 minutes max. Yeah. I don't even think it was 10 minutes. Gone. She is gone. <laughs> she is basically a glorified cameo in the first Scream film. And Damn, if she is not the biggest, most ridiculously large person on that. that, but, that in, but also, she's like forever like this horror icon because her, her death is this iconic death in the yeah. first Scream film. Like it's this What's iconic your opening. scary movie, right? That's all yeah. going to be a thing. Everybody knows the look. If you put on the blonde bob and that white like little sweater and the jeans, mm -hmm. you know, it's Drew Barrymore in Scream. Yep. And I think Scream 3 has maybe the weakest opening. So we kill Cotton Weary, who is been around in the first two screen films he's a lot more prevalent in the second one obviously uh framed for sydney's mother's death um sydney frames him and him and his girlfriend get killed in the opening of scream and it's it's okay i think the voice changer gets a little bit ridiculous in scream three as well suddenly the voice changer he's literally just sounding like everyone and anyone he could just imitate all of the all of the characters in the movie he could just imitate through this little voice changer they never used that before and they never use it again so it's just like this weird screen like three technology that doesn't exist yeah. it's just like it's magic <laughs> movie technology and then i think the reveal is also one of the weakest because it's just like so 
random. Like, it's Sydney's half-brother. So we learned that Sydney's half-brother orchestrated the first movie stuff, too, and, like, got into Billy Loomis's ear to, like, turn him to, like, try to do the killings of Scream 1. So it kind of, like, in a way, it waters down the killers of the first Scream movie by setting up this whole plot with her brother who had been plotting her demise because Sydney took his mom from him. I feel like, I do feel like when they write these movies, they don't do any amount of like actual research on like family dynamics and how that can affect mental states. Um, He's off the deep end. Like this half brother is just insane. He's one of my least favorite ghost faces oh, in but general. But I love him. He's just, he's so wonderfully over the top. He's very campy. I mean, this is, this is pure camp. Like this is a, the whole reveal and him. Plus it's kind of fun to have a director be the killer. Like he literally is the, yeah. the stab director. Yeah. <laughs> Who lures Sydney in to kill I think, her. I think Larry, I think for me, so we're, you know, we're doing like the rankings, yeah. but I think like, the 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 core so difference you have here. Three at five. I have yes, have screen three at five because so I I think what for me it is is that be, one of the thing that I love so much about the screen movies is that who done it aspect of them yeah. is that like they're also a mystery. That's not the case in any of the other slasher films that this is referencing. Like it's always just like inexplicable evil. You know, sometimes they'll like be like, it's your brother. And it's like really irrelevant. Like it's not important that yeah. you know who's behind the mask. That's kind no. of like the intent behind of the filmmaker. But these were the first ones that were like, no, no, this part of the fun of this yeah. of these movies is it's the whodunit of it. And I thought even though you think it's stupid and waters it down, at least that one made sense. Whereas the who the the explanation for Scream 6 makes no fucking sense by the end. It's a garbage solution to the mystery of the whole. It's like the worst possible of the like, could be this person, could be this. So like Agatha Christie, when she she would famously say that when she was writing her mysteries, that she didn't know who was the killer until the very end when she was writing it. So as she was putting it together, she it could be anybody. And I feel like the same thing happened here is that they were like, could be this person, could be this person. And then they got to the ending and they picked the stupidest reason, the stupidest person solution to the whole thing. I'm not going to like blow the uh yeah, this one spoilers. Is new, so we won't t- say who it is on this one but yes we'll we'll leave it open but it's stupid so that'll give you a clue as to how dumb it is so i think that's really why um <laughs> for me i think even though i can i totally i i agree that scream three is not certainly not one of the best ones <laughs> uh it at least has an ending that although a little silly at least makes sense that he's the killer mm-hmm. and ties it all up and like gives you reasoning and it, it's like consistent and i guess like in scream six the like the killer the kind of the theme is consistent i guess but um <laughs> doesn't make any sense it's super dumb real real dumb it's like it tried to take the killers from other screams and give them the same motivation but it didn't actually work in the context of the rest of the plot that they'd written and i also also think i was just like i, I think it, it doesn't help that i i have scream five ranked 
number two way up there and it really brought down everything interesting that they were doing with scream five they like didn't expand upon or make any better or like grow in scream six and so i just felt really disappointed whereas like i don't think i had like great expectations for scream three so that like there's no letdown. It's not like there's a bunch of like shit that happened in the, the why, why didn't they cover this other thing that they teased in the earlier films, right? Like no. the screams are all pretty solidly, they stand on their own, which I also appreciate is that you don't have to have a sequel to any of the scream films. Mm -hmm. They all can just end on their own. Um, and the, the scream five and the scream six have very clearly had a little bit more of like, there's something happening, but then they're not fucking yeah. doing anything with it, which is very <laughs> So, um, yes, uh, I'm very big on story and the story on this one just. <sighs> yeah, most of the thing. So when it comes to killer and probably and the killer reveal, probably I might give the edge to scream three. But pretty much everything else I look for in a fun Scream film, I just think Scream 6 is better. Mm. So, like, the opening is much better in Scream The six. opening for Scream 6 is, is killer. Love Actually, it's, like, Great. probably my second favorite opening behind the first one. Like, it's really yeah. good. And that that's them doing something different that they hadn't done that worked. Uh, they also, do something completely different. Love that they had Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving. Samara Weaving, yeah. who's her own little scream queen. Yeah. Everybody in the comments tell Larry he needs to watch the babysitter, the babysitter, and babysitter killer queen. Both both of them are excellent. And so she's the main protagonist in there. She was also in Ready or Not. So yes. she feels like her. she feels like a significant choice. Like it feels yeah. like they picked her specifically because she does have some like horror comedy cred already going straight yeah. into it do they but kill anybody in the beginning of scream five or did they just go straight scream? into five. jenna ortega's like, character i think it is it's jenna ortega you're right uh, she's the opening kill but she doesn't die so yeah so scream five doesn't have an opening kill it's an opening fake out kill uh it's an awesome sequence it's actually yeah, yeah it's it a strong opening yeah. but it's just not in line necessarily with the rest of them in that sense mm -hmm. um but further than that i also just think it has really cool set pieces like it has a lot more memorable horror set pieces than something like scream 3 like we have the whole bit on the subway train that i think is really fun that was very um, fun yeah they have uh so yeah. I, I was thinking while i was watching it I'm I'm a little bummed this movie didn't come out for Halloween because it's uh, yeah. set at Halloween and it's like a perfect Halloween film. It is set on Halloween. It's I set don't on Halloween and it, it actually makes it makes it for an incredible thing because they've already got this trope, this this reality setup of the movies that everybody inside the movie knows about. Yeah. So Ghostface is this mass-produced mask in the world. And so there's people that are just there's tons yeah. of people wearing ghost face masks just walking around at Halloween. And that's <laughs> such a fun thing yeah. to play with because, you know, it's, it's a, I, I haven't seen that in a horror movie before and it's a fun. And it's also a fun, like commentary as well, because it's like, these people are so desensitized, like, especially after last year when everybody ran out to buy Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. 
like because of the Netflix series, they wanted to look like Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. And it, it's kind of a fun commentary of like, there's literally a serial killer who kills people wearing this costume and people just like run to the store to grab it and throw it on and be it for Halloween because it's cool. I think it's because it's edgy and people love. So I think so many people were pissed off about that Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> film and like, my personal opinion is people like true crime. If you're not yeah. glorifying the killer, then you're telling the story. And as long as you're treating the victims with compassion. Yeah. Anyways, I actually didn't watch that one because I don't really want to watch Jeffrey Dahmer on screen. He's just like, <laughs> it's fine. like that's sort of like, fuck. it's like gross. That is a gross, real disturbing of like all the disturbing stories. Jeffrey Dahmer's is real disturbing. It's like extra disturbing. But I did watch that um, incredibly loud, uh, wicked, woo, incredibly wicked, and oh, the um, basically Zach the um, one? the Ted Bundy one, yeah. and that one I liked because it made a creative, artistic choice, and people hated it because they're like they're making him look sexy and Zac Efron's trying to I'm like, yeah that's the whole fucking point is the movie is supposed to be from the perspective of these women who fell in love with him so you can try to follow along with them as they are slowly <laughs> learning and realizing this man is maybe a fucking serial killer yeah. oh he's too adorable and charming yeah, that's that's what's fun and interesting. Anyways, but yeah, I think that it's kind of a fun, um, yes, a fun take do on it. Yeah, it's a fun take on it of like how desensitized as a culture we get to where we like to wear we like to dress up like say, a little serial killer. I will say, it's never that well costumed around Halloween. Like the movie did a really good job, but like. <laughs> It starts the weekend, presumably, like, before Halloween. It takes place over a couple of days. Yeah. But, like, it's the weekend before Halloween, and everybody on the street the whole is subway. wearing a costume. And Literally. that is absolutely not how no. Halloween goes And they're all great. The like, they show, like, Pinhead, and that Pinhead looks amazing. That was like a really high-quality costume, yes. I mean, you I'll know. take it, whatever. I'll suspend my disbelief oh, yeah. for you to build me a... I wish that's what Halloween was like. I would love if everyone gave as much to Halloween as I do, but <laughs> it's I not will say how it works. Yeah, Scream Six, the big downfall for me. So it has the fun set pieces. It's really this is probably the most brutal Ghostface has ever been. Like when he does kill, that's part of the problem. When he does get a kill in, it's really brutal. Um, and we get a lot more blood this time around than I think we ever get in any of the rest. However, there's not enough kills. There's a lot of yeah. almost kills in this movie, but not yeah, a whole lot of enough. Well, I, I feel like this is a low, if we were to calculate just Ghostface, so let's not count the Ghostface themselves who always die. So they're, they're exempt. The Ghostface killers are exempt. But the people that Ghostface directly kills, I think Scream I 6 know. has one of the lowest body counts of any of the Scream movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the ones he does kill are like random people in the in the uh, bodega. You know, yeah. like it's like uh, he gets a kill in here and there at the bodega Which or... So I don't think I'm like spoiling anything by saying this, but they literally have a whole monologue. They have the little like film nerd 
who talks about does the little mm-hmm. explanatory exposition exposition explanation of how this is going to go as a movie in a franchise and is very clear about who is susceptible to being murdered and it's everybody and it should be they're going to be bigger and nobody's safe and everybody who's important is going to is at risk and they make these they literally say these really high stakes about what's going to happen and then they don't fucking deliver at all it's yeah. like there's and, and like it it felt a little bit like when they brought superman back from the dead <laughs> if if they're no stakes if people can't and if characters don't actually fucking die in my horror film why am i watching this there's no horror involved yeah i mean to be fair stabbing you gotta stab a person in a specific spot and a lot of times so like of all of the methods of a horror movie killer stabbing might be the most inefficient (laughs) i would buy survival rates on stabbing a lot more but you know more than like a machete <laughs> um, but then when you get stabbed it. about 15 to 20 times yes how are we surviving we don't know superpowers um but <laughs> like watching back when you watch through the screen movies it's so funny because they are pretty inconsistent on like the damage a stab does because some people will die just like one single stab in like <laughs> yeah. here and they're done dead but then the other belly. people get stabbed, like Dewey and Scream 2 get stabbed several times in the back. He's fine. He's, I mean, he lives. In this film, we have it in Scream 5. Uh, several characters get beat the hell up, like, with stabs. They're fine. And so this, the ghost face killers, we've come to expect. Like, you have to shoot them in the head. Like, we've established that trope. It's another horror trope. So they play on it of, like... No matter what you do, you got to make sure to get them in the head and really make sure that they're dead. But the normal people, it seems like you also got to shoot them in the head or they're not going to die. Yeah. But, yeah. But all of a sudden, all of the victims are super powered, too. They're Michael Myers incarnate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not the trope in horror. Um, but I, I definitely agree with you on that one. I just think that there's more there's more to like for me in scream six than there is in scream five by and large so i can overlook the story problems there's too many frustrating (laughs) things too many frustrating things my other big gripe with uh scream six is that uh scream five sets up this really interesting sort of dexter vibe of She's the daughter of a murderer and she's got these murder desires, little rumblings inside of her. And then they don't fucking do anything with it. They talk about it again, but they, they just, again, they don't like move forward. And so they're, it's a really interesting thing that they set up in Scream 5 that could have actually turned this into a new movie, something that is different from the last four franchise films and instead they just followed the same fucking formula and didn't do anything interesting at all really Um, screen seven if you just talk about it again ren will like probably her head will combust like if it doesn't (laughs) if it doesn't progress one way or another in there she will literally 
Jesus. She'll turn into Ghostface. She'll leave the theater on a murderous <laughs> rampage as Ghostface herself. So I would never do it as a movie theater. The the screenwriters are the ones who need to be stab faced. <laughs> yeah, no, she'll she'll find Hollywood. She'll she'll make her way to Hollywood before turning Jesus. to Ghostface. No, I'm just gonna sit them down and yell at them for a while. <laughs> what She's, are you doing? <laughs> she won't turn into Ghostface, she'll turn into Karen. So I, be I ready. Like, Even I scarier. Like she'll be sick. Karen. It's like they didn't hand it to anyone to look at it even once and say, what could you do to improve this? What is, what is missing from the, it's like, it's like the first draft of a shitty script and that's disappointing. <laughs> like, it's sort of the, like, I thought, it, I, I'm gl- I'm at least Scream 5, Scream 5 got me into the movie theater, but if this would have been my experience with the reboot, I would have been out I absolutely would have not gone I would not go to see I mean I might give the next one a chance especially now because I'm a fucking completionist and now I'm gonna have to go see the other stupid fucking gonna, movies and I'll probably be like hey Ren. I know hey Ren, we gonna go to the movie theater but now I'm mad about it <laughs> but now she'll just be mad entering this time she was like hyped she was like excited because of screen yeah, five I thought it'd be fun I'm a mother now. I haven't seen a horror movie in a movie theater in a while. <laughs> Since Scream. No, <laughs> maybe Candyman. I don't remember which one came out last, but. Um, I'm actually pretty sure it's the Scream. It was a Scream or Candyman would have been yeah, the last one. Yeah, it was one, one of I the thought. two. One of the requels. One of the requels. Yeah. Um, but I do love that they reference like Candyman and how both Candyman and the requel are great. So yes. We, like, no, they're Candyman, both Candyman, the original or the requel? Both. Yeah, Perfect. Both. And yeah, that's yeah, the correct they're... answer. Correct. <laughs> we agree with you two ladies agree. Uh, but all right so i think that'll be our longest discussion because we wanted to talk to you about scream six some of our yes. frustrations some of the things we loved also i'm glad gail isn't it weird it was weird to have that revelation that gail never like spoke to ghostface on the phone until scream yes. six this is the first time she ever spoke with him i actually love her chase sequence as well i think it's great i love that she puts him on hold (laughs) (laughs) please hold and like uh i has a great moment there too but i thought her her chase is like one of my favorites in the entire franchise now i don't know i just i loved it i Um, I mean i do i also love that she has a gun (laughs) like i don't think i'm spoiling anything by saying she has a gun that's the sort of thing you're like why wouldn't a character why didn't sydney always have a fucking gun after the (laughs) after the first movie if i was i'm anti-gun i'd have a fucking gun (laughs) if i had a person actively specifically trying to murder me and then people, and then this movie comes, I would absolutely have a gun around. And that's one of those things in like horror movies that it's, they're always defenseless, even when they should absolutely know better. Yeah. So I appreciate that Gail knew better and had a fucking gun in her She house. was ready. She was ready to go, had that gun, it's still locked up, still gun safety. Yes, but absolutely. she ran to that room and got the gun once, once time was ready. <laughs> yes. Good old Gail Weathers. Good old Gail Fuck Weathers. We love it. <laughs> All right, now we are actually on the same page all the rest of the way. So we have yes. slight differences with number six and number five. Ren, what do we have at number four? Scream four, actually. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we both really loved the twist uh, that um, I think Emma Roberts is uh, so very fun. fun generally as a horror actress. She does a really good job. Um, and it's just, it's just such a fun like outcome i don't think i saw it coming which i think is always really exciting to me because 
I always see the twist coming and that was really fun. And it, it just like her reasoning is super fun. <laughs> like I deserve <laughs> to be the final girl. I've <laughs> so lived in like, your shadow long enough, Sydney. Bitchy girl over. thing to do. <laughs> yes. And I, I love... think that's, that's the main reason why it like just catapults past the other two that have all these problems. It's not like superior in any way. It's, it's but it absolutely, it, that's really what it is. It's the reveal at the end that just clinches it for me. And they do a good job of throwing you off her track. Like they do code her as a final girl. Like she's kind of supposed to be that movie Sydney. So they do a really good job of convincing you. <laughs> She's been doing it her she's been doing it the whole time. Fucking devious. And that's what, and that's fun too, right? It turns that final girl trope on its head yeah. by having her manipulating specifically to become the final girl. Yeah. And this is the movie where we get, you know, Dewey and Gail together. The only time that they're like legitimately together is this damn fourth movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have like the midnight screening of stab with like all these young kids uh now our people are a little bit older so they are definitely like the parent group to these like high school kids <laughs> um and we see sydney like writing a book about her experience um it's just it's a it's a fun meta commentary on the idea of fame to like of that fame culture with our killer reveal here and it's another throwback to the first one when she just like offs her partner and doesn't give a fuck like she's yeah. used this little boy and she knew all along, like, I, he's literally here to serve my purpose. And once my purpose is met, you're dead. Like, it's over for you, boy. Again, another good callback to the first one with the dual killer reveal. I think I did like Hayden Panettiere's Kirby. I think a lot of us did in this film, particularly. And that's why finally she was brought back for six. Yeah, Scream Six. She's a fun little horror person in this movie. Like she's the like, I, I know my horror films in this film and she's fun in this one. Um, it, Sorry, just, killer. That also just reminded me of another stupid fucking plot hole in Scream 6. <laughs> I'm just going to say, when people are trying to throw you off of the scent, it doesn't make any sense when you only give us information that's just for the audience that isn't for like everyone else. What it, the purpose is to throw people off of the scent. If the audience is the only one that sees it, it doesn't make any sense in your world because what is the fucking point of the character throwing people off the scent? <laughs> Stupid as Friend. fuck. Oh my God. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I'm so <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> Clearly, very clearly. I am. The more it's La La Land all over again, where the more I think about it, the more I get mad about it. And I'm like, how did you feel about this opening? Movies that upset me more than just like piles of plot holes, because they they should they hours hours of hours of people's time that went into this thing. And you couldn't get your shit together enough to copy, to proof it, to have a few revisions, to <laughs> workshop it with some people to make sure it like made sense. I'm not some genius over here just tracking down all the plot holes that nobody else is gonna notice. I'm probably the person who's most upset about the plot yeah, holes. So. Maybe that's part of the problem. But... I think so, for sure. <laughs> Anyways, that. How did you Kirby. how did you feel about the Scream 4 opening? So where they're watching Scream Stab 
and a kill happens. And then it's, hey, then it's Anna Paquin. And it's also a opening to the next stab film within a stab, like within Scream 4. So it's like, the meta within the meta within the meta. The meta within the meta fun. within the meta. Uh, was I the think, opening here. I think, I think it's the right call for, I do appreciate the way the Scream franchise knows what it is and doesn't really fall off that track right like absolutely we just had a whole conversation a lot of the other ones kind of like forget what the shit is going on in their own world the whole their whole purpose for existing some sometimes they get a little too fixated on like one piece of the puzzle that they are insistent needs to be in every single movie but anyways yeah, no, I, I think that's that's that to me is taking the entire concept of Scream, the the meta horror film thing, yeah. just to to its you know umpteenth iteration in the process. <laughs> well then at number three, we have Scream 2, the mm-hmm. OG sequel starring the amazing Laurie Metcalf, who gets yeah. to be a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets and the adorably crazy. sexy timothy oliphant also gets to be crazy totally unhinged yeah scream 2 was just kind of like it does play on the a lot of tropes of the sequels of mm-hmm. other horror films and mm-hmm. that's what makes it not a bad sequel like it's actually yeah. a really fun funny yeah. sequel we have her in college now sydney is out to college <laughs> and lo and behold the the ghost faced kills follow her to college we have the scent of cotton weary again who gets released out of jail and is like stalking her to like force her to clear his name so he can live a normal life and that's like one of our de facto could it be them i don't know killers in this they also do a good job of not really letting on that mrs loomis uh the twist that this weird little awkward reporter who's like fangirling over Gail the whole movie and trying to one up her is actually the killer's mom from the first movie. <laughs> She's been in disguise as some weird little podunk reporter. <laughs> I mean, it's also kind of ludicrous, but in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about Scream 2, Ren? Um, I love it. I, I it's the same reasons. The um, I love Laurie Metcalf. I love the reveal. I, again, and like for me, it really always comes down to like that reveal. What it? Who did it? All make sense? Does it all tie up? Is it a good mystery? And Scream Two's got one of the best mysteries. It, like you know, when it turns out who it is, not only does it make sense, it also uh it also fits into that meta yeah. horror film trope i mean like right so the mother is the killer mm-hmm. in uh you know the original friday the, yeah. uh friday the 13th but um it, it's it totally makes sense to just like flip it on its head um and it also it also I it also starts with this thing in scream where like all the killers are always related to someone it's like all it's all a big family <laughs> drama so I do wish, like, I don't, I don't blame this film for that, but I do wish maybe they could get off of that fucking <laughs> record player because it's like a soap opera a little bit. Everybody's related to somebody. 
Yeah, it's like an ongoing telenovela soap opera. over here. <laughs> Probably why I love it so much. Where the hell are my evil twins then? Ooh, it's spring seven. <laughs> do, they, um, do they kill Jada Pinkett Smith in Scream? Yes. So Scream 2, the opening is Jada Pinkett Smith's um, death in the right. movie theater. Right, right, right. Um, and again, another commentary about like the sensationalism of it all is she literally gets murdered in a movie theater that's showing stab, but people are like cheering. Like, because they, I don't know, they think it's some bit and they like love yeah. the carnage of it all as she literally gets murdered before she their dies eyes. dies in front of them, yes. Yeah, and, it's like and that's that's moment. fun, right? That's fun commentary on the culture of yeah. horror fans, and and I think that's another thing that Scream does after the first one is really lean into what how what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> Why do we watch these things? Why do we like? We don't just watch yeah. horror movies, Larry. We like obsess and fangirl and fanboy and fan person over them. It's people true. have like, like that's like their identity. There are people who yeah. are like a horror freak and that mm -hmm. is like their identity. And wh why? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And that's so Scream kind of plays with that. And I, I do think that Scream is, uh, you know, it's all heightened, right? Everything yeah, is course. like a heightened version. So yeah. we don't, I don't think in real life, if people saw oh, a yeah. person dying at a screening of Scream, they would go, Woo! like there would absolutely be somebody who's like, oh my God, that's what person is like actually dying. There would, it's there kind would... of like, I mean, thinking about it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of what they did in the menu as well. When he just like kills that, that guy kills himself in front of everyone. And they're like, oh no, it's part of the performance. Oh, God. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that same concept of like i think it's more right that ends up being more of a commentary on like high what, art. what yeah what is this barrier between performance and reality and yeah and how do we look at it and how you know it's the othering yeah. of the performance of the story versus our real life and right that's a whole question with scream too is right sydney is this this thing that actually happened to her and then people that are obsessed with the story of what happened yeah. to her instead of her reality and so that, that's all and very, very fun. And, and Scream also, sort of brings all that to life. Yeah, this I was is the say, movie um, that... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was... Just, my The reason I was double-checking on Jada Pinkett Smith is I was wondering if that was an intentional, the only Black person in the film gets killed trope, or that was accidental. I don't know. <laughs> and she's the first person. She's the first... Well, her boyfriend, who's also Black, is right. the first kill. And then right. her. The two Black people get killed immediately. Uh, there is a Black... Uh, her friend, uh, her sorority sister, who's, like, trying to pledge the sorority with Sydney, okay. is Black as well. So there's another Black person in the film. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay. Uh, but the first kills of the movie are the Black <laughs> couple. Uh, so, you know. It also led to Scary Movie with my favorite scene in any of those scary movies is the movie theater scene where she's, like, filming and has like her chicken and yelling at the movie screen in scary movie i just think it's so hilarious uh i think a scary movie too as well but we'll say i feel like scary movie is a direct like i i'm pretty sure scary movie wouldn't exist if not for scream right the oh, first yeah, scary no. movie specifically was like was parody of scream yes. yeah. yeah it was a straight parody of scream and they stick with the scream idea for at least the first few well, this movie also sparked a debate that obviously continues on and makes fun of the debate of, you know, the whole 
scary movies influence murderers like uh, media influences people to kill and they they really lean into it in this one and that they continue it in the third one as well but uh they make fun of that whole argument in which is yeah it's ridiculous and it it is also it makes a lot of sense like culturally because it's right around the same time i don't think there's as much of a conversation about whether or not scary movies influence people to kill but there was this the video game thing that was huge my entire childhood referencing it hard in this second screen movie as well and a really fun kind of way that they play with it in this movie too plus our horror expert gets killed in broad daylight so they uh they do away with the nighttime killings right out in public he gets snatched up and murdered that's up stop 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 (laughs) just because you know he made he he talked bad about her son so she said i couldn't hold it i had to kill him right there (laughs) he spoke ill of my son oh and we get more character development with sydney i forgot um because they have the jerry o'connell boyfriend who's a little bit suspect so they really play with like her trust issues uh because her boyfriend turned into the killer in the first one um and he died yes kill tried to kill her literally right after the first time she had sex you know uh and he dies almost naked like just in his little boxer shorts like tied up to this (laughs) stupid star timothy oliphant kills him poor jerry o'connell poor jerry all right ren what's number two on our lists Scream 5. We both really love that requel, man. It's great. I I think it, uh, yeah, it was just really fun and it was really fresh and it almost impossibly took a movie that was meta about horror movies and then was like one more layer on top of it without it becoming ridiculous. Um, uh, yeah it was just fun the, the killers the killers were like weren't it wasn't like a huge surprise who yeah. they were but at least it made sense um it is very funny that like <laughs> i i don't think they do this in any of Wes craven's screams but like this one they like say who the killer is a bunch of times they're very clear he's the killer they keep pointing to him they're like he's the most suspicious person here <laughs> Dewey literally solves the mystery immediately um Dewey immediately and, immediately and then so does what's her name is pretty much like mm, the love interest um yeah and, i think it's is nev campbell's character does the same thing yeah they're all yeah nev campbell is also like mm the boyfriend <laughs> yeah. like all of them uh and, it, and which I is actually kind of like a fun yeah, little fun. like turn yeah so it's not like a it's not a great whodunit but i think it did such a good job of honoring the original franchise while doing something new and fun and fresh with it um that felt really cool and i just love I I am 100% sure at some point this requel concept is going to get like just driven into terribleness that like inevitably but so far there's been a few of these requels that are like really good mm-hmm. they took take a it's there's something about um you have these people that love these films yeah. making movies about them instead of a director who's just got trying to get his fucking foot in the door and a production company that's like that movie made a bunch of money. We need someone else to make another one that's just like it. You want to do it, right? Like yeah. it's it's clear that there's these people who have like passion and love for what made Handyman incredible, what made Scream incredible. And then like 
crafted a thing that is a loving homage that is still a good movie on its own. Yeah, I feel oh. like that's really what Scream Scream slash Scream 5 does so well, is it pays homage to Wes Craven, and mm-hmm. obviously you can tell they admired him a lot, uh, and they loved the Scream series and had a passion to bring it back in some sort of meaningful way, and I think they accomplished that really well. It's a lot of fun. The, the kills are fun in this one as well. And I love the added commentary of like toxic fandoms because yeah. it was again, once again, Scream is, is skewering the the current topic of the time and toxic fandoms <laughs> going ham. And I love that they turn out to be the killers because we ruined their franchise from their childhood. <laughs> so they wanted to re- regain the franchise that they once loved from the horrible people. And that's that's a fun yeah. reveal that like that's what's fun about it. it's not who it is it's their reasoning behind it is yeah. what's fun and feels very appropriate and right for yeah. the franchise for Scream and again something that was missed in Scream Six where they didn't seem to fucking understand the whole point of what the fuck they're supposed to be doing and just. Murdered awesome. a bunch of people, but didn't really follow their own rules. And then uh, just kind of like picked a person who they thought should be the killer because reasons. Well, I also love the reveal of Amber when she reveals to the group that she's the killer because it's just such this iconic moment. Like you have this girl crying and it's like, I'm not the effing killer. And she just turns and says, I know, and shoots her in the head. And it's like, welcome to act three. Oh, it's like such a great, just yeah. scream reveal. Like it's yeah. so good. Uh, I also love this. Like, I know she's not in it a whole lot, but I do love particularly our legacy characters. I think they're used really well yeah. here. Like Sydney, Gail gets her please hold moment in six, but Sydney gets her like, I'm tired. Like she's talking to him on the phone. He's like monologuing and she's just like, I'm tired. And like hangs up the phone and puts it down. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, girl. And she's coming through the house, like shooting doors too, before she goes through. So you see like, or that moment they have when she runs out the girl and she's like, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And they look at each other and they're like, no. And they start shooting <laughs> at her. Like those moments are like fun ways to kind of like show these. Plus, the growth of these characters yeah. and like learn from their experiences <laughs> now. They're like, nah, this yeah. is this movie. We're not falling. No, girl, again. please. Um, <laughs> Which I David- love, right? That's again, yeah. it turns the trope on its head a little bit because- yeah. Right. For whatever reason, the characters just do the same stupid shit over and over again. And David Arquette gets a lot of love in this one. Dewey, obviously, it's his last movie and they pay great respect to him as a character while giving him a good send off. And as we talked about, Melissa Barrera's character, Sam, the main character of this film, has this really interesting thing that really differentiates her from any other final girl, this like daughter of a killer and they go in with it with billy her father like being the ghost over her shoulder egging her on and it ends up helping her like he does guide her to like he's a weird little ghost angel thing murder (laughs) to to murder her murderers um but we get that little you know sadistic edge to her where she which i loved is another reason that i love scream five is that's such a promising interesting new concept to like drive forward in that world really been done which is why i'm deeply disappointed that they didn't do anything with it they like mention it 
they just really don't and like you know she basically spends the whole scream five i mean i guess she probably figures out the truth like halfway through the movie and so then like half of the movie she's like coming to grips with this the whole point in scream five is that she's come to grips with it she's like All right, I'm the son of a killer, and you know what? If you want to fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you, right? <laughs> I'm the daughter of a killer, um, which I, I, you know, feels like yeah. a little empowering, and like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, bitch, like, fuck these little shit murderers. They're always a little shit murderer, right? Like, that's the thing with Scream is the murderer is always a whiny bitch, <laughs> like. Their reasoning is always the whiniest, bitchiest, mm-hmm. shittiest reasons, right? Yeah. Which is another thing I love about Scream is that like <laughs> they never they're never righteous killers. So there's something nice about yeah. having like the final they're girl always actually like gets to be a righteous killer in yeah. some ways. Um, but then yeah, they, they don't do anything with it in Scream Six. Like she again spends the whole movie kind of like thinking Suppressing about it and it, it like kind of yeah. Yeah, and then does like, it again, not until the end of the movie does she like embrace it. And I'm like, should have had her embrace it in the fucking beginning. And then like, <laughs> right? Like, you know what would have been fun? That should have been the first, like, I was hoping that was what happened. I was hoping that the, that, that was her. Opening that kill. she's like, oh, yeah. she's embraced it. She's killing killers. She's fucking shit up. And and now we have to, oh, there's some other ghost face. Great. Like, it yeah. becomes a totally new, fun film. Um, but Missed they did not go with it. Mm. Well, you know what? Also, it just makes me worry that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. That the screen, that, like, <laughs> it just makes me feel like it's like Lost or like Game of Thrones syndrome, Ooh. where it's like they just start aimlessly wandering to an <laughs> ending, throwing shit at you that you. They're like, "This would be interesting." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, it's very interesting. Go on." Oh, oh, oh! I don't, I don't actually know where I'm going with oh, this. No, I just no, thought no. it'd be a good idea. Okay, so we don't know who our characters are. Oh, okay. Um, okay, great. Yeah, you don't have a plan in place. You're just <laughs> great. Yeah, great. Well, then, if it wasn't obvious when you clicked on to this podcast, if you didn't already kind of know, because it, it it is what it is. Our number one scream. original, the OG, the, OG, the original scream. It's what tough kind of to beat film it. Fans, do you think we would be if we didn't Come like on. the original the best? Well, because, it, I mean, obviously it lays the groundwork for all of these films to do what they do because it does them all. It does all of and this so well. And it was so a revelation at the time. It was completely new. It was doing something totally different. Again, it was the first one that really leaned into the whodunit aspect yeah. of it, which is which is such a great thing, right? Because I, True crime was not as big a thing in the 90s. I mean, it's always it's always been a thing. It's not new. I think people but like not mainstream. Little, it wasn't like the mainstream like it is today. I don't know. It's always been. There was it just it goes through waves. There were these big true crime like pulp like magazines that came out in like the 40s. Like true crime. There's a reason that Bonnie the and Clyde were a whole fucking thing. Like anyways, true crime has always been a thing, but um I, I do feel like you you they ended up kind of merging that desire for the true crime answer. Like that's what's interesting about true crime for me. I hate those unsolved ones. Those ones really stress me out. But the ones <laughs> that have like a conclusion, uh, like a, like a solve, like oh the detectives found this guy and he did this thing and this is his reasoning and this is how he did all of it. It's like oh yeah that like so it's like, it's like a 
real life detective story. You see, I, I'm the horror movie fan. Ren, see, I don't get into like true crime and real killers. <laughs> I don't delve into all that shit. That's Ren. So you can make a choice on As which one a is a little woman crazier. of a certain age. I am absolutely within my demographic rights to be excited about true crime. Although I will say that my interest in true crime waned quite a bit around the pandemic and it had everything to do with the fact that I was like, I'm good on the absolute depths <laughs> of humanity's capabilities because this just this sucks. I would like something happy, please. Thanks. <laughs> I had to get like a little bit more into it, but I'm honestly right now I'm like deep into the I like true crime. I'm really interested in true crime where nobody like dies. I really love these stories of these like crazy the, the Sam Bankman Freed, the like that guy who did the fire festival. Like, I am fascinated by the con men stories right now. <laughs> the, like that is just wow. Oh, so you just lie to rich people until they give you all their money. Incredible. Rich people aren't smarter than anyone. They're actually kind of inspiring. I think that's what I like about them. They're actually Rats. really inspiring because they're like, if this fucking idiot can get millions <laughs> of dollars. I could do that, and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but back to Scream, Scream I brought suppose. in the Who Done It, which was great yes. because there's there's been in the my generation absolutely there's like a resurgence in the interest in true crime, and I think that might be I don't know if that's yeah. part of it, but um, it's absolutely a piece of what makes the movies engaging in a way and it that really just it it shaped pretty much the modern slasher like we have kind of stuck with like scream as the modern model. slasher yeah you, you know other slashers? Yeah. I feel like scream is the only modern slasher well i mean they've they've tried uh, i mean except I mean, for the ones they just like remade those don't count those are just no but like slashers. even i know what like you did last summer uh you oh, know like yes Oh uh, yes, urban legend. There was a right after Scream. There was an abundance okay, okay. of like kind of final destination was a thing. And listen, I love. I know what you did last summer. I don't care. I will defend. I know what you did. I love it. I love. I. I. You don't have to defend it to me. I love that movie too. Okay, good. I actually, again, going back to this is my generation. I read all those fucking Lois Lowry yeah. books. I was all about those little YA thrillers of the time. <laughs> yeah uh but you know this was like the birth before really before the torture porn took over with saw like before yes. that that yes, was the new right. wave the 2000. uh of 2000s was all about how gory and absolutely vile can we get with the kill but no scream was smart it was funny it yeah. wasn't like too quote unquote scary because it was just entertaining yeah. like it was a lot of fun all I, the I way through it, um it really helps uh i will say it absolutely helped rebirth like the the horror comedy yes yeah um, definitely aided in that the characters were all great again we were following the virgin who breaks the trope loses her virginity to the freaking killer <laughs> yeah uh but lives she doesn't die in the end because yeah. she had sex um yep. And she's a resourceful final girl, obviously. She's like this innocent girl, but is 
still has this like resourcefulness to her. We play her against the Courtney Cox character, who's just a bitch, but you still kind of like really like her. Like she is like this horrible woman. <laughs> what was that incredible line in the most recent one? It was like, oh, you're not the you're not the main character. You're not the victim. <laughs> what are you? The brains and the sex appeal. <laughs> Duh. What? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. She- Hello. Uh, and then we have Dewey. I love this stupid cop, this stupid, goofy, like adorable cop in the movie. <laughs> and then, you know, the sexy boyfriend turns out to be the killer. Like oh. Ski Ulrich looking his best in his prime back in the day. Whatever this- happened to that poor guy? Well, now he's a ghost over Sam. He's a ghost. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. It's- I will say. I don't know what they're doing. They're, I think they tried to do some sort of like, they have him in the movies. Like they have yes. the real actor. Yeah, they have the, they're clearly de- trying to do some sort of de-aging technology, but their de-aging technology is not, not working for it's, them. Yeah, they need to they get need Disney to, to help. For the like good quality shit Disney has got. Yeah. Yeah, because it's uh he's in another show too. I forget. He's on some popular show right now, actually, too. It's like oh, is good it, for him. Is it Yellowstone? It might be the um one of those that I don't watch. So <laughs> one of those ones. Um but also Matthew Lillard is so good in the original. I screen. love Matthew. He Lillard. is so unhinged and hilarious. It's amazing. Um Rose McGowan in this first film is also a lot of fun. In... She's also, these are and these are all like these people at the beginning of the career. Like Drew Barrymore is the only one who's like <laughs> she's got a name, which yeah. is clearly. What, I mean, that, that's what happened. Is yeah. that they Drew Barrymore didn't want to be Sydney, but yeah. she was willing to to go to shoot for this amount of days and do it for the funsies and to lend her name and fame yeah. to this. And give us like one of the most iconic horror deaths of all time. Like this amazing yeah. sequence. The uh, what's your favorite scary movie? The burnt popcorn, the the stab in the chest right before the parents get home. Skeet Ulrich. I could not remember his name yes, or the Skeet life of me. <laughs> it's a weird name. You yeah, it, I mean it that. is a weird name. Both first and last weird names. And I love that they're like kind of queer coded, like everybody, including Sydney, is basically like, eh, it kind of feels like our two killers have these like repressed feelings and they're kind of into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, especially the, the, you can't convince me Matthew Lillard's character does not have a crush. Stu does not have a crush on Billy. Come on now. Stu is, is in love with Billy. Stu is in love with Billy, and that's all there is to it. So that's the core reason why he's like he's doing he's, what he's doing. Yeah, Billy is a Billy is the sociopathic. Yeah, Billy is the Charles Manson, <laughs> and, and Stu is the one in love with him, so he'll Stu go along with the murder member, his single yes. cult member, doing his <laughs> his bidding. And but he doesn't have any other good reason to murder everyone. He's like, I want to kill my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's like, your mom ruined my life and cheated with my dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, and then, that's, that's Billy's reason. Yeah, that's right? Billy's reason. Uh, yeah, Stu, yeah. Is but Stu's reasoning is uh, I'm friends yeah. with him and, and yeah. my ex-girlfriend broke up with me. Sad yeah. face. 
It's some bullshit. He's clearly just in love with Billy. But, oh, he just has some great lines when he's like holding the phone, like after he's been stabbed. And he's like, I'm getting woozy. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I mean, he's just great. The whole final sequence is fantastic. Obviously, like <laughs> Gail, like bullying her cameraman around in this first movie. It's horrible, but also great. Um, Gail's a fun character. She is just such, yeah, such a fun character. I love, I do love Rose McGowan's death scene because it is like nuts. Like she's yeah. trying to escape through a doggy door and gets crushed by the like, yeah. the garage that, door. I think that's one of my things with uh, horror movies is even if the movie itself is not like particularly good, I really appreciate creative gore, creative death scenes. And that is a very, the garage door thing is a very creative death. <laughs> You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Jamie Kennedy's character, the uncle, good old Uncle Randy, uh, being our being <laughs> our horror uncle. expert is is great. Uh, yeah. He's wonderful, particularly in this first screen. And the, the fact that he like works at Blockbuster, and I'm amazing. pretty sure, isn't he, he's got to be a homage to Randy from Clerks, right? Who works pretty the- sure. Well, they also appear in the freaking second one. Uh, or no, the third one. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob, sorry, appear in the third screen yeah, movie. Totally. It's Randall is the one who works at the video store in Clerks. Yeah, it's a total homage to that. So it's just, it's great. It's great up and down. It's a horror classic for a reason. It respawned the genre for a reason. And, you know, crazy people like me uh, rock our scream shit and love scream to death because of this OG. And it's it's just going to be hard to top this ever for the franchise. It's, it's like pretty much with most horror films. That first one usually sets such a high pinnacle that it's like, well, getting back up there is hard. They came close with the requel. The requel did a good job at recapturing so much of the greatness, but... Yeah. The original still stands tall for me. And ran, obviously, because we both have it at number one. (laughs) Yeah. I also just had to, like, double check. I love just the history of these things. The ghost face mask. I'm pretty sure this is just, like, a random thing they picked up. It's the same thing with the fucking Michael Myers mask. Like, (laughs) it looks like the, the ghost face mask was just, like, it was developed in 1991. It was just like part of the Fantastic Faces line. So it was just a random fucking <laughs> innocuous ass face mask that they like went to the store and they were like, mm, that one. <laughs> and now it's iconic. It has and a now it's an iconic it's thing. An iconic and, uh, and I love the um the Michael Myers mask is a William Shatner mask that they yes. painted to be terrifying. And I love that. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, William (laughs) Shatner mask is like, yeah, that's like the horror lore that you just love. Yes, the William Shatner mask. (laughs) There's so much. If you like horror lore, I highly recommend um, the movies that made us. They have a whole season that's majority horror movies. It was, it's really, they're really interesting. And uh, just horror movies are so fun too because they're always low budget. They're, they're, always that's part of why there's so fucking many of them is that they make decent money and they don't cost like anything most of the time yeah they can easily make their budget back 
oh my god the paranormal activity in movies look like nothing nothing and that look yeah. how much that first one particularly made it was insanity but this is why we're, the first movie we make together larry will have to be a horror movie it has to a be horror and, comedy to be specific and you're already like you with your makeup skills like you yeah said, uh, uh, i'm horror. ready to make a horror film <laughs> gore, gore makeup ren says is and super easy Sound design, yeah, gore, gore is super easy. Really, it's just it's the sheer quantity you need to have, yeah. and it can be difficult to get the blood to the right like color and Red. consistency yeah. depending on what you want. But then, you know, I love this Asteria concept of just like let's just go a little crazy and surreal with it. Um, yeah, I have lots of ideas for horror movies, but yeah, my I mean, the I I do a big Halloween show for my theater company every year specifically because I like horror things i think it's one of the most fun things to do i do tend to lean more into like halloween and spooky than like genuinely terrifying but that has more to do with the fact that like there are diehard hard horror fans that like want their shit scared out of them but most people <laughs> they like halloween they want to have fun but they don't want to literally piss themselves so <laughs> I gotta Red. straddle that line there where we honor the horror legacy and, and give there's just a few little jumps. And there's a haunted there's... house for that. Like for the people who want yeah, to be like exactly. actually scared, haunted houses are yeah. there. I can't compete with the 13th floor that's, that's like... right here in Denver and yeah, renowned. It's, yeah, so. it's like clearly had millions of dollars put into it over the years. Like, no, that's good. I'm, I'm. You can have that particular demographic and make your money, oh. and I will stand over here and throw blood at people in a version of Bruce <laughs> Scary Tales. That was fun. That was fun. Actually, that was hard to sell because for some inexplicable reason, random Joe on the street doesn't want to put on a poncho and have blood flung at them for an hour or two. No. Weird. I don't Weird. get it. The splash zone of blood. <laughs> so well, anyway well that was our scream ranking our scream ranking our quick thoughts on scream sticks tell us do you agree with me or do you agree with ren when it comes to scream three versus scream six and then do you agree with our top four maybe you have scream six way higher maybe you have scream three way higher maybe, maybe you're you a lunatic that has the original somewhere not say, in the yeah. top Maybe you have Scream not in first place and uh Go ahead and explain that to us. Yeah, leave that one down below and you'll see why we're called the Cinema Snarks. Uh no. <laughs> but we, we want to hear those rankings. So drop them down either below here in the comments or you can hit us up on social media, particularly me because Ren, well, she's no social media queen, I'll say that. Because but there's nothing more horrifying than a social media feed in 2023. <laughs> well, Ren, tell us about your feeds and where people can leave terrifying things I for do you. most oftenly if I'm going to be anywhere, it's on Instagram. So you can find me at rennypoo13. Uh, you can can also find me on Twitter occasionally, usually like once in a while if there's something exciting happening. Um, but even more exciting, you can always go to the Audacious Theater Instagram or Facebook, and we always have cool, fun things going on. And so you can actually see what I do with my rest of my time. I'm either going to see movies and doing podcasts with Larry, or I'm trying to put together a play. So we're about to do a big uh 
it's super fun. We're going to do a clue pre-show screening thing. So I get to be Wadsworth and uh, we're going to be doing a little thing here in Denver at the Sci Film Center. So if you're in this mm-hmm. area, you should totally come. Definitely. The mixture of movies and theater. Perfect. It's so me. <laughs> And if you want to follow me, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at Chili Boy Productions and over on Twitter at Chili Boy YT. I'm on all of them all the time. So, you know, if you troll me, I'll be there. He's ready. Um, and then he'll let me know that you're trolling and then I can go yeah. and I'll And then I'll, I'll send her like either the yeah. link. That's usually how I get her on Twitter is I just yeah. send her a direct link to something <laughs> that I find interesting or crazy. And I'm like, look at this thing. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we should be back shortly. Look at us. Like Oscars. And you're on This it. is like an impromptu one. <laughs> Next up, we talked about it last time. Dungeons and Dragons is around the corner. That's right up our alley. And I don't know. I'm going to see if I can convince Ren. Um, she seemed interested enough to go see Evil Dead Rises. Maybe we can Ooh. do an Evil I Dead. An Evil Dead discussion. The third one or the. Um... Oh, what the heck, well, the, the uh, Army of Darkness in a long time. So oh, okay. Did I you would... watch the remake in like 2011, 2012? Mm, probably not. Probably that one not. is the most horror of them all so far. Oh, um, it's wow, like, the first one's pretty horror. I mean, it's there's not a lot of comedy to offset the horror in that one, though. So yeah, it's much more just look at this crazy shit. Uh, which looks like Evil Dead Rises is about to be in that same vein. It doesn't look, it doesn't look all that pulpy. It looks a whole lot just like, uh, scary. So we'll I see. I prefer that, like, I prefer the same uh, Raimi touch yeah, personally. But I mean, but he's a he's involved with all of them. And then maybe we can talk about Drag Me to Hell, which I don't love. Oops. Um, and then a couple of the other stuff. Too. We could just talk about Sam Raimi. It'll be good. Um, it'll be a good time. So just make sure check of madness. Mm-hmm. What is it? The the great and wonder powerful Oz that he randomly directed for Disney. I have know. seen that one. Yeah, that's Sam Raimi too. So he's he's done some interesting stuff. He's hit or miss. He's hit or he's miss. Hit or miss. <laughs> he d- he is consistently. You know, you're gonna get some amount of camp out of him though. Always, he yeah. will deliver camp, even in when he's asked to be serious. There will Which, be camp. I'm never upset about camp. I'm no. never, especially. <laughs> okay let me rephrase i'm never upset about camp with someone who just like genuinely loves it and that's their bag like sam raimi very clearly he is all about i don't think he could do it not i I don't think he could avoid it if he wanted he doesn't know how like just look at his spider-man films they were like make a serious spider-man film and he's like how about some camp though oh i miss the days (laughs) of fun comic booky comic book movies But make sure you're following (laughs) us at Cinema Snarks on Instagram and Twitter so you're up to date when we are uploading our new episodes. We're back on the swing, so make sure you are following us on those platforms. Until then, we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.